Welcome, everyone. Welcome to one of the longest running now Nintendo podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking shots at my friends. I can do that. I'm allowed to. Game and Talk, the best Nintendo podcast in the world, of course, brought to you by our esteemed executive producers, The Game Orb, Achievement, John O., Joshua Butts, a.k.a. The Buttman, and Mr. Job, and of course, our sponsor, Game Orb. Looking for some convention floor footage? Well, the Game Orb has you covered. No matter what convention it is, it seems like this man is on it, getting all sorts of good footage of it. If you can't be there in person, you might as well live it through with the Game Orb. Link in the description box down below. But I am RGT, joined as always by Josie. Whoa, Josie, how are we doing? Great. And Nathaniel, the Hadial. How are we doing, Nate? I am doing well. Anyone buy anything for uh, Black Friday? I got Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope for like $15, which I thought was a steal. Yeah, that's pretty good. Those, those games always drop in price yeah. pretty quickly. Nate, did you buy anything? I did not. I bought some toys. Um, that's <laughs> about it. And none of them have came in yet. But I feel like my mailman's going to be very mad at me when they do because there's a lot of them. Anyways, we have some interesting topics and, of course, a debate to handle. We're also going to do the Q&A portion in this video because I guess everyone forgot that the Q&A is available through Discord where you can ask some question. There's only like one or two questions, so we're just going to throw them at the end of this episode. But our first topic, a bit of an interesting one here. NSO is getting an update in the month of December with yet another Rare game coming to Nintendo Switch Online. That, of course, is Jet Force Gemini, a game that it's pretty. You know, um, it's a good-looking game. Control-wise, it's not the greatest, but really it's kind of a bit of a two-fold story with this situation because on the first hand, we have more rare games coming to Nintendo Switch Online, even though some British man said that it was never going to happen. Um, it did happen. <laughs> That's why I'm not banned on Reddit, and you are, you piece of shit, MBG. And, of course, what this means in Japan. But let, let's take the first thing at hand here. Josie, have you ever played Jet Force Gemini? I have not. It looks interesting. Uh, I don't know. I feel like everybody talks about how it was cool at the time, and now everyone's kind of like, eh, but it's not that great. So I'm a little nervous. Kind of boils down to the controls at the time they weren't that great and they really probably haven't aged all that well but you know i think if you're able to to kind of get past that you know you could have a, a decent time with it um nate what's with your oh go ahead i'll just say uh, yeah i'll probably check it out when it drops yeah you might as well you're paying for the service nate what do you think about jet force gemini it was a good game when it came out 25 years ago but as has said, the controls have not aged well. Even some of the core mechanics of the game really haven't aged all that well. I had recently played it when it came to Rare Replay on the Xbox One with superior controls than what we will be getting on the NSO Switch app. But it's still not that fun of a game. The multiplayer maybe will be the redeeming quality for some. But otherwise, I feel as though this release is going to come and go with really not that much thought on most individuals minds it's a relic of its time it's a nice yeah it's a nice way to revisit the golden age of rare but beyond that the game is nothing more than a interesting curiosity for those who maybe are too young to have played it in its original form and if you're going to play it on the n64 nso app I hope you have an N64 controller because I cannot imagine how those controls are going to be remapped to a switch pad. And I just have to imagine it's going to be a horrendous nightmarish <laughs> experience to play. Now you'll have to enlighten me on this because I never played the, I never really played this game much. What I did play of it was also on rare replay because at the time I think I picked up like a, a Saturn for really cheap and I was buying a lot of Saturn stuff at that time. What is the multiplayer in this game? Like, what what is that like? It has like a a deathmatch style thing. So basically, John's Which... gonna force us to play it. <laughs> Probably not, because I think the controls are gonna be bad enough that he's not even going to begin 
to entertain that idea. I mean, we still have Mario Party 2, Mario Party 3, Excite Bike 64, so many other games that we should be doing some of those Switch Play videos on that we haven't done in about a month now, but we don't need to do Jet Force Gemini. Classic John there. Classic John dropping the ball. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I you know, it, it's cool. To me, the, the more important story here is that, yes, it is another Rare game, which brings us one step closer to Rare's greatest game. That, of course, is Diddy Kong Racing. Because if Diddy Kong Racing gets on the service, which I, I can highly see that being a 2024 sort of thing, like, then we're talking, bro. Like, then we're talking. Because, obviously, there was the DS game, the DS version of the game that came out. You don't acknowledge that one. It's yeah, bad. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not what I'm looking for. I want to hear, I want to hear the stupid, terrible voices. I'm Timber. I'm Banjo. I'm Conker. Like, give me that, you know, that realness. But, like, that game was freaking awesome, dude. And, like, that's yeah, what I, I mean want. In many ways, I think you could still make the argument that Diddy Kong Racing is superior to even Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Whoa, that's insane. I thought you were going to no, say Mario no, Kart 64, and then I was going to completely agree with you. But it is, it is it is not insane. When you look at what Diddy Kong Racing offered going back to the late 90s, story mode that True. actually had consequence and meaning behind it, a variety of vehicles, boat, car, air with the airplane different course designs depending on the vehicle you had so you could be on the ground and then all of a sudden when you're in the air you're swooping through volcanoes and such you then had the multiplayer you had multiple worlds you had exploration on the main map that's the direction mario kart should be looking to in future installments and the fact that we haven't had that evolution for mario kart just shows you how far into the future diddy kong racing truly was that not even nintendo's been able to catch up to it i love that game i think it's the best n64 game um if the wrestling games didn't exist i could uh, there's, there's always Star Fox 64 super mario 64 and ocarina of time it, it's definitely a top 10 game and it, if you can make it any sort of number you know one through ten on there and i think that's acceptable um any other rare games um unless you say perfect dark because we're gonna save that for the second half of this but any other rare games um from the n64 era that you would like to see and i guess don't yeah. say conquer either but you could say uh <laughs> you could say um i mean there's one big one i hate that game and i know what you're gonna say it i know you're gonna say it game stinks I was gonna I'm going to say, you could put this game on the Game Boy NSO app, Super Nintendo NSO app, and N64. And of course, I'm talking about Killer Instinct. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought you were going in a different... But Killer Instinct, that was was that mature? I think Killer Instinct Gold on N64 was. I'm not sure about Super NES, and I'm unsure about the Game Boy game. Um, Nobody wants... I mean, that Game Boy game wasn't wasn't bad for its time, but... um... Yeah, I mean, going back to when it came out, it was a very impressive Game Boy game. But yeah, time hasn't been kind to it. But the Super Nintendo Killer Instinct is phenomenal. I thought you were going to say um, Donkey Kong 64. I can't stand that fucking game. I mean, it's a collect-a-thon. I said that that well. game was bad, and I've gotten so much flack for it. And I'm like, that is one of the worst games anyone's ever made. And then it was just like, Whoa. I got so it it's has, pretty bad. It the, has it, some redeeming qualities. It gave us a Donkey Kong rap. I know that was what all the comments were. Even and I acknowledged it, but I was like, it's just not good. You know, there's one more it, there's one more cart game that Rare has in their back yeah. pocket. Too. Mickey Speedway, baby. That's a good I game. Knew you're gonna bring that one. That's <laughs> not a it's that. not a bad game. It's not a bad game. I feel uh, like do you think that Rare is gonna bring more of their games to like other like parts of NSO, like NES, like Battletoads or something. Uh, I, I feel like that would be they, really cool. I don't see why they wouldn't, considering they've licensed Battletoads to Arcade One Up. Like, so oh my God. you know, because <laughs> they did the Killer Instinct Arcade One Up cabinet that had Battletoads on it. So I don't right. see why they necessarily 
like couldn't obviously some of the license stuff that they did like a nightmare on elm street stuff like that i wouldn't expect but like snake rattle and roll is a pretty good game on the nes so like i'm surprised like that hasn't been put on there or anything like that or um rc pro-am was pretty good too Mm -hmm. i'm actually kind of surprised they didn't do killer instinct for nso this week considering it was the 10th anniversary for killer instinct on the xbox one it would kind of feel like that easy opportunity to do some mutual marketing of give nintendo fans those original killer instinct games and build up that hype for killer instinct 10th anniversary on the xbox line and get both parties interested in the franchise because there's definitely a sizable portion of individuals who own the switch who have likely never played a Killer Instinct game. And if you play Killer Instinct Super NES or Killer Instinct Gold for N64, you'd then be a little more motivated to try that new installment on the Xbox. And considering it just got a very meaningful update and it's free to play on Steam and such, it would have benefited it in a significant way. So it's kind of disappointing to see Nintendo and Microsoft weren't able to do that type of collaboration. And of course, the second half of this is that which I was not aware of this until it became newsworthy, was that GoldenEye and Jet Force Gemini, when it releases, were actually not available on Nintendo Switch Online in Japan because of the rating system. So Nintendo Mm -hmm. of Japan has now created an 18-plus subsidiary app in order to include these two games so that way you can verify your age when you know selecting these games and playing these games which i find extremely interesting because when you look at our current lineup of nintendo switch online games stateside there hasn't been any games rated over t for teen which when we're talking about the n64 there's a large quantity of games for the system that are rated m including games from rare like perfect dark and potentially killer instinct gold And with how Nintendo obviously is a Japanese company and the other divisions, Europe and America, just kind of follow suit. Does this then open up the door for those games and potentially other stuff like Resident Evil 2 on the N64 to come over stateside as well? Like, I I feel Mm -hmm. like I I feel like this is actually an interesting thing, because if we're getting into other systems, We're going to need, you know, eventually we assume that we're going to go, you know, a little bit beyond N64 stuff. If we ever got to GameCube territory, like you got to have some M rated stuff in there. Like, you know, like I think this is very promising and I'm hopeful that this is not just a region thing. Yeah. Do you you think it'd be like another app like like it is for Japan or do you think it'd be like some sort of setting? Uh, That's a good question. I, would, I think doing an app would be the best case as what they're doing in Japan. It's it seems like it would be the easiest way. You know, you've already you've already done that. It's already been accepted. Um and So like do you think we're getting a separate app for every like there's a new app for M rated N sixty four games and then eventually there's a separate app for M rated GameCube games as well, or do you think that's like the same? Like, I'm just having a hard time structure. No, no, no. I, I think wise. I think any M rated any game that's M rated would be in that app, no matter the platform. Okay, okay. That's that's I my. I mean, because because right now we only have Japan to go off of, and they're only doing two games that happen to be on the N64 that were rated, you know, for a more mature audience. So those games are in there, and then when you look at like Super Nintendo it was very different. Like the rating system was different. You had, um, it was GA, which was general audiences. And then M 13 was it, I believe for like mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Yeah. Something like that. So, you know, those games are kind of, you know, just a bit more willy nilly, but I, I, that's probably the most interesting thing out of this, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when you view it on just a surface level, going out of the way to create an app specifically for GoldenEye for Japan, where you could definitely make the argument that GoldenEye is not going to be that big of a game in that region, it feels as though there would be something greater behind this. 
because otherwise it feels as though it would be one of those games that they just say this is for the western audience we won't bring it to japan we will substitute it with something like harvest moon or whatever game that they would feel as though is specific for the japanese because we do have regional exclusive games on nso so it wouldn't be anything too new to see that happen but to introduce this type of application it does carry with it that implication that maybe it will lead to something greater like you said resident evil 2 perfect dark any of those m-rated games conquer there's so many games that now that possibility has been introduced to that could we see the platform continue to blossom with m-rated games it's definitely something we have to consider going into 2024 right now i don't know if we have enough evidence to say it's definitely happening but it's definitely something I would keep an eye on and wonder what the roadmap is going to look like come next year for the app itself. Now, Josie, you were not old enough to play any of the M-rated games when they came out. Are there any M-rated games that you would be <laughs> looking forward to seeing? I mean, I wasn't even alive during the N64, but I think it'd be cool to see Conquer. I mean, that's pretty much the only M-rated game I really know about that I'm interested in playing. I guess the Resident Evils, of course, would be interesting as well, but I'm not very into them, and I think it'd be Too scary. just very cool. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not a horror game person. I feel like it'd freak me out. Okay. Yeah. Perfect Dark is really the only one we need. You know, that's by Rare, right? That's the one that yeah. we're having come yeah. over? Okay. I'm really mm-hmm. not the biggest Perfect Dark fan in the world. Like, it's fine, but, like, I was always a GoldenEye kid. And once again, it was because that game kind of came out, you know, after I had kind of essentially moved on from the N64 and was buying older Mm -hmm. systems without even really realizing it, thinking, oh, Saturn, they're going to bring back the Saturn. They they never. (laughs) Um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's like Conquer, I think, would be the answer for a lot of people. But when you go back to play Conquer, you really begin to realize how much of it has aged. The jokes are of their very specific time. They haven't translated well to modern. And the humor that you found funny when you were 14, you're not going to find that funny now. And I'm not even sure. Don't speak for me there, pal. <laughs> You give me Just because you would still laugh at the money saying, here I am, you greedy bastard. Yes. <laughs> or the uh, the nice witty comment when he's jumping on the flowers boobs and say, I enjoy a good platforming game. Yeah, that's, qu- that's quality, timeless writing. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but then you had like the Matrix section. Mm. I mean, they, they made the a, Matrix a, is still relevant. Yeah, they made one uh, not too long ago. It was terrible. Yeah, I watched it. I exactly. The damn thing. Yeah. No, I I see what you're saying though. It's it's kind of a bit of a tough sell, especially in this world that we live in. You know, where it's a very crude game. I mean, one of the bosses is a huge piece of shit. They throw toilet paper at, and he. That is the only thing I've you. seen about it. They like, should have named I haven't him John. Played this game, but... <laughs> uh. that joke is going to go over many heads that's fine i mean Um, yeah the great mighty Pooh song is one of the greatest written songs in gaming history it'd be a shame not to not to have it then i guess we'll have to we'll have to (laughs) say i i'm hopeful that they continue to expand um what they're doing with the switch online by having you know titles that because I believe, is it the mm-hmm. Switch Online app rated only up to teen right now? I yeah. believe so, yes. Yeah, so I, I would like to see that, you know, be circumvented because you really you really open up a whole new, like, that Killer Instinct Gold Online, that'd be pretty damn fun. Like, you know, That'd be awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of possibities that you could do with that. And speaking, and, oh, go ahead. I mean, we could even get some of the classic Konami games from the N64, like Castlevania. I'm not going to dignify that with a response. It's um, not that bad. The Mandrake part is the worst thing in a video game ever. Point blank, period. <laughs> well, I mean, there's other redeeming aspects. The redeeming aspect is the intro with the, the, the little violin thing. That's the only good part of it. And maybe like the first little open area, that didn't bother me too much until like like the, the, the big skeleton 
and then the biker skeletons. Yeah. That was that was fine. But then you're like, okay, now I got to jump on <laughs> shit, and you're like, wow, this is not doing it for me. Hey, somehow I beat that game when I was a kid. Probably Don't know if I could do it now, but I did back then. Probably had a Game Shark or something. I couldn't afford a Game Shark. Stole one. Um, we got to talk about what's going on with the latest NSO exclusive game, kind of sticking with the NSO theme here, because F-099, the game that is totally screwing up John's Game Awards thing, because everyone's voting for it as a tee-hee, funny-funny sort of thing, this game is kind of becoming bigger, I feel, than... Any other, like, you look at, like, Mario 35, Pac-Man 99, Tetris 99, those games never really expanded all that much. Like, yes, they added in some new things here and there, but it never really changed, like, core gameplay stuff. Whereas F-099 has been getting so much content, the new mode that's, like, a traditional racing mode and stuff, I feel like this has evolved so drastically since when it first came out. Like, are, are we seeing, like, what 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 is going on with this? Because I almost feel like this could be, like, a game that gets, like, you know, a complete edition down the road that maybe gets a limited physical release. Or maybe it's the success, like, how many people are playing this game that they're constantly adding in new stuff to potentially prepare for a new F-099. Like, what, what's going on with this? I would assume that they launched this sort of testing the waters and then after seeing all this interest, they're like, okay, let's support this thing because people seem to be really enjoying it. And then also, I think they want to cement the idea, hopefully, that this game isn't going to go away like Pac-Man 99 and uh, Mario 35 did because with Tetris, they also released like a classic mode with Tetris for like 10 bucks, I believe. And that's like, you play classic Tetris. And, uh, I think that also, like, cemented that game as being a game that's not going to just disappear. So I think they're trying to sort of take what they did there and translate it over to F-Zero so that it's a little bit more, I don't know, just, like, future-proof, and it doesn't just leave one day, hopefully. Yeah, I think Tetris 99 is a good example to use here, and I do agree with the idea that F-Zero 99 could one day see a physical release because when you look at the updates that they have given the game, with the additional courses harken back to the Super NES game and now the new mode that they just introduced where you race against 19 other racers with the Super Nintendo style where you get three boosts, which you only gain at the conclusion of each lap. There is no spin attack and such. It definitely feels as though they have a very comprehensive roadmap of how they want to support the game and they are positioning it to get a you know physical release sometime in 2024. And I think it is a test as a means of introducing the Switch fan base to F-Zero and that we see a bigger F-Zero game come out in the, not in the immediate future, but I wouldn't be too surprised if we see a brand new installment for F-Zero come in 2025 on successor hardware. Where's my uh, F-Zero GX, by the way? If I had an update, I would give it. Mm, interesting. Um <laughs> But no, I I definitely feel like this game has kind of taken on a life of its own. I, I wish that I was a fan of it because I'm not. And like, because I, I want to be able to enjoy it and have fun. But just that Super Nintendo F-Zero just does absolutely nothing for me. But I know, I know, Nate, you love it. Josie, are you playing it? Yeah, I love it? it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's very fun. It's like, I, I sort of treat it like a very in-between game. It's what I've done with Tetris forever. And I have like 30 hours in Tetris 99 just because I play it in between so many things. And I think F-Zero is going to be just something I continue to go back to. Do you think, <laughs> do you think we've seen the end of content? Or do you think that they got more in the pipeline? I think they're definitely supporting this thing. I mean, it'd be insane for them not to. A lot of people are are really liking it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the interesting thing is because they went with that Super NES style of visuals, this would open up the door for them to explore the Game Boy Advance games, which yeah. used a similar aesthetic. And those Game Boy Advance games, not counting the first release, but the ones that were based on the anime that had released, there was one that was exclusive to Japan. So you could bring those games to the NSO app, obviously, 
but you could then recreate those stages for F099 and that would just give it a whole new round of content. Even though they did put out a tweet saying that they were done with content for the game and then we got the new 20 mode. So it kind of makes you wonder what exactly they had meant by those new updates. But if there is a user base there and it's constantly being engaged with, it just feels as though it's very easy for Nintendo to go to that well and say, we have a lot of games that we can reference and we can recreate these stages and give it to the player base. Now, maybe if they do that, they will want to charge for it. And that wouldn't be too surprising if Nintendo does go that path. But F-099 seems to be a major success for them right now. And I hope they do consider that idea by introducing new vehicle types, new courses, new cups, because there's really no limit to what you could do here. And now by offering 99 and the 20 mode, you can really appeal to the racing taste of the individual. If you want to race against the 100 people, there you go. You go into the 99 mode. If you want to do something that's a little more classic, race against 19 others and prove you are the best racer through skill not purely luck and using the spin attack to get into the sky highway and use that infinite boost to get ahead of the competition. So it really it really speaks to two different audiences where I would say 99 maybe has a little more of a casual appeal and F020 is for that hardcore fan who knows the in and out of the tracks, knows how to exploit, knows how to take the terms masterfully and utilize the boost at the right time to get that W. Yeah, I think that also if we're looking at Tetris 99 as a model, Tetris charged like like I think it was $10 for a lot more content, but it still kept doing free stuff. So I think it's a big possibility with F-099. That kind of leads me to my next question that I wanted to ask. How much of the success of this game do you think could be attributed to the fact that it's on Nintendo Switch Online, thus not requiring any sort of monetary investment into the game to get into the vast majority. I think had the game come out in the exact state it's in right now and Nintendo charged, let's say $20 for it. I don't think the base would be as big as it is, but because it comes with your service with NSO, you just have that instinct of, let me try it. It's offered to me for free. So let me see what this game is all about. And even though you are essentially paying for it, it's different than handing money over for an individual purchase. This way, you just access it, you play it, you like it. Hey, you're going to stick with it. If you don't like it, you know, and like in your case, you try it, say, I don't like this. You uninstall it. It didn't cost you anything. So there's really no risk by putting it on a service like NSO. Whereas if you do attach it with a monetary price, you do run the risk of people saying, well, I don't know if I'm going to like this game. It's going to be very competitive. Am I going to be good enough? This way, you get it out to as many people as there is. And people will engage with it. And I think a lot of people who never played an F-Zero game played it for the first time because it was part of NSO. Yeah. And then those people also might be further interested in the series. And like that could hopefully make the next whatever we see from F-Zero sell better as well. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I hope just for the game's sake that it... um continues you know it seems like it's a popular game but i do think that there has to be a little bit of that hesitation at least from nintendo's standpoint but you know it could be the fact that the reason they did this game is because they want to see how people sort of react to it and then where to potentially take the franchise in the future but on the other hand there is that whole thing about what they did with mario kart 8 where they put in captain falcon and they put in the track and then never did shit to to you know go beyond that with it so you know i'm a little hesitant to jump off a bridge and thinking that you know it's a full-on revitalization of f-zero and we're gonna do more with it in the future right all right next up the keely awards right around the corner and uh you know people they get their uh they get their expectations up here. You know, obviously there's a lot of stuff that we can discuss from it, but I kind of want to discuss, I guess, first and foremost, do any of us think Nintendo is going to show up at this? Cause they have been missing in action the past two years. They've had strong years with the game awards, uh, 
Breath of the Wild DLC, Bayonetta stuff. But it seems like lately they don't give two shits about it. Sony's the same way. Do we think that Nintendo will do anything at this event? I personally don't at all. Nate? I really just expect that Nintendo will run the traditional ads that we see them do each year of, hey, Nintendo Switch has games, run that sizzle reel. But beyond that, I don't think Nintendo will have anything too meaningful here, despite a lot of the rumors that have gone around. Feels like the entire month of November where people saying, oh, this must be the this must be the place where we're going to get Zelda or something else. It doesn't feel right. Nintendo really hasn't utilized this venue in any meaningful way since maybe 2017, 2018. And I don't see any reason for them to really trend away from that at this point. But ZR 2023. Yeah, that tweet was then deleted. We really had no context to it. All we could do was connect it to a previous tweet Sir Antoto had made in the past using similar terminology. And for all we know, he was referencing the Zelda movie that was announced just a few days later. So would I love to see something like, you know, Twilight Princess or Wind Waker make an appearance at the Game Awards? Yeah, I would love to play those games on the Switch. But at this point in time, I I really go into the Game Awards for Nintendo with no expectation. If they can come in and surprise, certainly welcome it. But I keep my expectations with Nintendo pretty much to the ground for this particular event, especially knowing how, I believe it was Kit and Krista, they had discussed how Nintendo of America really doesn't want to work with Jeff Keighley and attend the Game Awards. So I respect <laughs> that. I, I did not know that, and I respect that, even though Kit and Krista follow me, good friends, and Jeff Keighley follows me, another good friend. I still respect that because I'm not a huge fan of the Keeley awards to begin with, because obviously there there's no quota for anything and anything can be any type of game. If Newsweek and the LA times think it, then put, put it in that category, independent game by a billion dollars, put it in the category. It's fine. It looks low budget. It can mean a lot of things to someone. So I guess if we had one wish or one, yeah, I'll say one wish of what, if Nintendo were to trot something out there, what what would you wish? Because they, they did, I, I do want to say, as of today, they did do a video on their YouTube channel talking about all of their nominations um, for the various categories of it, calling it, like, the Game Awards, uh, Nintendo Games Nominated, or some shit like that. So, obviously, they are paying a bit of attention to it, so I, I do feel like that, that keeps the window open a little bit. But if you could have one thing from there, what would it be? I'd probably just say Twilight Princess and or Wind Waker ports because we've been hearing those for so long. Nate already said that. I'll go a bit different. I'll say uh, Metroid, <laughs> Me, Metroid Prime 2. You know, hey, well, that, that was my second one. <laughs> that's uh, That's been talked about by some, although they haven't updated the situation in quite a while i guess sort of beyond nintendo you know because third parties exist they might have something for a mm-hmm. nintendo platform you know there's been rumors about um gta 6 maybe making some sort of thing at this <laughs> event um what what do you think <laughs> will That's end insane. up being here i don't think i i, I mean I, I don't think keely can pull that off i think death stranding 2 will be there though yeah, for sure. In some sort of capacity. Yeah. And then there'll be the 15-minute mm-hmm. verbal fellatio for Kojima. Hopefully it just you stays know, we... verbal, but... <laughs> oh, my God. We... Have we heard anything about that Wolverine game for PlayStation? I feel like that could maybe show up. It's Insomniac, though. They're not big on the Game Awards? They just did well, Spider-Man. He just released, yeah, he just released I mean, Spider-Man yeah, I know, but like... want to focus to stay on your game Yeah, right I guess that's true. They don't want to take it away. Plus, yeah. isn't Spider-Man 2 a Game of the Year nominee? Yeah. It is, it is. I've actually been playing it. Um, I finally got around to playing it. I like it. You know, some of the downtime stuff is pretty crappy, in my opinion. But um, for the most part, the, I, I like it. I'm like 50% through the game so far. I've been taking my time with it. And, you know, I recognize its quality. But right now, the game is the definition of 
this is fine for me. It it's feels- not wowing me at anything just yet. It just feels like the, the, the padding is like immense. And like, I don't mind the different gameplay styles and stuff, but like when you have me in like a, a, a B lab, like doing crap with flowers and stuff, like, n- no, like this isn't what I signed. I'm a superhero. You don't see Batman doing that bullshit, do you? No, no, you don't. Because Batman is a real one. Although, <laughs> although that Switch version looking, looking mighty spooky. And mighty spooky on the Arkham Knight. That's fine though, because Arkham Knight, out of those three, it's my least favorite out of those three. But anything else you're expecting from the game awards, as far as I guess just the reveal portion of it, because you know the awards at the end of the day that they don't they don't really matter. But just like any sort of reveals, anything you've heard, anything you wish will be there. I'm not expecting a lot, uh, but I think that. If we get something from Nintendo that is other than the two you guys talked about, it's going to be some kind of weird, like, side project, like a weird Kirby thing or like a new box boy, which I would love. Mm. Uh, Nate? I mean, I'm, I'm just expecting the Game Awards pretty much to go how every prior Game Awards has gone. We're going to see a lot of you know, some Chinese gotcha games. We're going to see the Chinese MMOs. We're going to see some mobile games. We're going to get the typical updates on, you know, the usual suspects. Microsoft and Sony will have some sort of presence, be it, you know, Death Stranding 2. Nintendo, I would say, is really the wild card here, whether or not they show with anything meaningful. If I had to have a dream appearance or something related to Nintendo, it would probably be Metroid Prime 4 because it's been a long time since we've seen anything of that game. And I think a nice trailer at this point would be very encouraging and get fans excited, but really not going into the game awards with that high of expectations, at least not when it comes to Nintendo. I think Xbox is the biggest um, kind of outlier because they can be the ones that really Mm -hmm. show up because they have the most sort of game and then they always seem to support you know the keely awards and stuff yeah like i mean that. every year they've brought at least one thing like going back to 2019 it was the xbox and hellblade yeah. 2 yeah perfect dark and such so they typically do bring one meaningful announcement to every game award well our final topic is the debate topic where bringing everything back full circle to nso stuff I have given the task of each member of the panel that is allowed to add one system to NSO. I assume we did this within reason or we're not going to be like, (laughs) PlayStation 5. Obviously, it has to be something within reason. Damn, you took my answer. But um, I will not start. Nate, you will start. Well, this is just too easy for me then. I apologize to my fellow debaters here because you're just going to lose immediately once I name my nomination. We have to go with the Sega Dreamcast. You fucking piece of shit motherfucker. <laughs> That's fine. It's, I got I got I got something. It is the one platform that would just thrive so well on NSO, especially if you got third-party content to agree to bring some of their Dreamcast classics over, like Power Stone. When you could play Sonic Adventure 1, 2, Power Stone, Shenmue 1 and 2, Skies of Arcadia, Gun Valkyrie, there's so many games. Marvel vs. Capcom, Capcom vs. SNK. The list of quality titles will just go on and on to the point where people would be powering up their Switch solely to play Dreamcast games. I'm not even including stuff like Fantasy Star Online, which would still function online with NSO. It oh, would be oh, the definitive do... platform for Wait, NSO. They could, they could do Quake and Unreal Tournament on there too. They could. And we could have online NFL and NBA 2K. That would, that would never happen with licensing of players. And <laughs> shit. That would be dope. But yeah. Though. Yeah, Dreamcast. Man. Dreamcast is the answer for YouTube, me. YouTube. YouTube.com. Hey, the reason. <laughs> Josie? And, oh, go ahead. It was the 25th anniversary of the Dreamcast launch in Japan just this past week. Wow. Josie, your pick? 
I chose the DS. Motherfuckers! Sounds like you probably should have gone first. I got to mix up my sleeve. So I think the DS can work pretty well because the Switch is already a touchscreen console. Plus, I'm assuming the Switch 2 is also going to be touchscreen, so it could carry over very easily. Of course, you have the whole issue of, like, how are we going to make it two-screen? Well, all you have to do is turn that bad boy vertical and stick a controller on the bottom, and you basically have a DS. The games, they're pretty simple to run, all things considered. Then there's some of the greatest handheld games we have it started a lot of great series like the mario luigi series uh and a bunch of other just like fun sort of spin-offs that we haven't seen in a very long time it had one of the best libraries of any console as well and uh i think it could really do a lot for nso as a whole and their value and appeal to like my generation a lot if they were to add ds because like most of my friends would immediately be like, oh, DS is on there. I have to snag it now. It's like DS and Wii. If those come over, it's over. I <laughs> be that ace. I am going to have Let's to go it. with a deep, deeper cut here because if I want to play some Nintendo DS games, I can boot up my Wii U. If I want to play some Dreamcast games, I can get the Dreamcast collection. I can get on the uh, Xbox. You know, they brought in a lot of games from that era. You know, Daytona's on there, stuff like that, which kind of dilutes what I'm about to say because this Sega Saturn. All right. We're going to go with the Sega Saturn because that would be unique in the fact that those things are not, are not readily available on other platforms. So because of that, it would be a driving force for retro games. People still like Saturn games. People still talk about the Sega Saturn. You have a lot of good games to choose from. A lot of unique games that have never been re-released. I think the Saturn is a solid option because my other two options were taken by other people. <laughs> had you not stipulated at the beginning that we had to do it within reason, I was going to say the PlayStation 2. That's insane. I was going to say... I mean, I don't know. I, I, like, Wii? Wii is, I think, reasonable. It's just the motion what? controls that fuck everything up. But it's also, mm -hmm. like, why would they do Wii when they could just re-release those games? You know, like, they're pretty decent-sized games. Yeah, I mean, that would be the thing, even with the GameCube, is that if Nintendo can remaster yeah. or, you know, full-on remake them, there's more value in doing that than giving it on an NSO-type service, because we've already seen several GameCube games now make that leap with Metroid Prime, Pikmin 1 and 2, Paper Mario, Thousand-Year Door is that they can sell them for $40, $50, $60, and that's a lot more money than they would get from getting people to subscribe to the service. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I was going to say, my second one... Oh, sorry. There you go. I was going to say, my second one was the Turbo Graphics, and that's just because it was on the Wii Virtual Console. But, And I think that's pretty reasonable, to be honest. But, I mean, I can't even really debate all that much because mine was taken. And so this was, I had to pull that <laughs> out of my ass because my two options <laughs> were taken and they were, they were manifest destinied out of my hands. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about that. You know? I, I feel mean, like. They're kind of the two best choices. I mean, everyone wants to replay Dreamcast games and the DS has a large library of classics. I mean, you're not and it's also like the DS has all these games that you have not seen since, you know. And you probably so never. Well, I don't know. They did um, a Ghost Trick, which was a pretty fucking deep hey, cut. Apollo, which means we need Sega to come back with Feel the Magic. Okay, nobody. Those. How games are you are gonna buy? Fun. How are you gonna buy the new <laughs> Princess Peach game when you haven't even played the original? 
Well, I mean, they're you two know? completely different games. <laughs> I know, I get it. I, I completely <laughs> expected the new Princess Peach game to just be a shitty 2D platformer that's just like a, an enhanced Where version she... of that. <laughs> With her emotions. I feel like Nintendo's got a little bit more woke since then. Fucking bastards. Wow. You want a game all about Peach's hormones? People have emotions. I thought that I thought that's what people like now. Life is strange. It's so good. There's emotions. Like, whoa, whoa, yeah, but it was whoa. like the one game that they give the girl character. Nintendo's like, yeah, we gotta make her super emotional, and like that's what's powering the game. I mean, everyone has. There's always emotions in games. Just they're not thrusted into the forefront unless right. But unless it unless makes, it's here, unless it makes for a good story. There's no story ever in these Mario games. You have to look deeper than surface. No, you're bullshitting right now. Me? Never. Never. All right. So we'll segue into our questions. Once again, you can ask questions in the Discord. We have... Patreon. Uh, yeah, the Patreon Discord. Or is it through just Patreon? Just through Patreon. You can ask the questions through our Patreon. <laughs> which we thank you for being a member of because God forbid John promote it. Varang is RGT's stepson Patel. Come back home. We miss you. All right. <laughs> DC Fat Cat. In a surprise turn of events, Nintendo has been very liberal with the third-party censorship of content on the Switch eShop, almost to a degree that I would be embarrassed for my niece, shout-outs to Sage, to even mention the name of some of these games. It makes my Nana, pour a little out for Nana, I love you, roll over in her well-Italian seasoned grave. Do you see Nintendo remaining the supportive of the lewd and some may deem profane content with the new Switch Pro to duo now excuse me while i scat a little because i am the scat man um yeah nintendo definitely likes their hentai and weird yeah it's shit insane like, like i think those games are rated though so like i don't think you can see them if your account shows that you're like like if you put your actual age in it and they're like under 18 i don't think you can see those games oh really yeah, I don't think they show up. Oh, well, I mean, because I like I put in my real age, and for the longest 12. time, I did not know that those were a thing. <laughs> well, until like three years ago. Jesus Christ! Yeah, Nintendo definitely. Um, <laughs> it's definitely horny so time deep. there, uh, Nintendo of Japan. Um, I I'm don't really know. Shocked that they're letting it happen, though. Honestly, it's very insane to me. I mean, Japanese culture is kind of different than American culture, though. I guess, but like maybe on the Japanese eShop then, because there's like they're separate, you know? Separate but equal, Plessy versus Ferguson. All right. That's Not the right. second time you've made that reference today. Well, if we're going <laughs> to say separate but equal, I mean, that's what we got to do. And Maui? 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 I'll say Maui. I think that's right. If you were the big N, whoa. All right, let's calm down. What would the, <laughs> I thought that was funny. What would be the launch lineup for the Switch 2? Um, I'm coming out with Odyssey 2, enhanced version of uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm pulling a Sony with the, the remaster bullshit. I'm remastering Tears of the Kingdom, hitting that 60 frames, 4K, no free upgrades because my system does not have backwards compatibility. You peons will buy the game again. You've proven no time way. and time again that you will do it. I am a business. I am here to make money. And then I would say that that's all I'm launching with are those two big games. And then I'm going to let third parties do their thing. I don't want to blow my load. I feel like Nintendo to some degree in 2017 kind of blew their load and then 2018 wasn't quite as special. So I would have spread things out a little bit differently, maybe position things in a different spot because, you know, I'm not doing Splatoon, Zelda, Mario, and Xenoblade in the same year. No, you go fuck yourself. You'll get two of those games in the same year, and then I'm going to give you some filler. Wet your appetite a little bit. <laughs> I would probably do... Some big 3D Mario. I think Odyssey 2 would be cool, but I don't know if they're going to do a, a sequel thing like that. So it's just some new big 3D Mario where it's like open worldy, sort of like Bowser's Fury. And then uh, third parties, 
Of course. And then I think we could probably get, you know how we got like snipper clips, like something kind of small, but published by Nintendo. Day one, Mario Kart. Nine yeah. or enhanced port? Brand new, brand new Mario no, Kart. No, no, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm re-releasing that with all of the DLC on day one. I'm wheeling that wheelchair out here, ten years old and video games Thank like God. ten years old and dog ears. All right, you <laughs> starting, yep. starting to wind down. <laughs> yeah, brand new Mario Kart day one. 3D Mario within the first three months and have a lot of strong third-party support and a few smaller games from Nintendo's in-house publishers, maybe a few of those type of, be it a patch or a further HD remaster style release of some smaller games, cross-generational games, I guess you could say. Yeah. But yeah, as far as the big release, I'd put Mario Kart there day one. And they could have, if they owned Sega, they would have a lot of fun games on day one, but nobody <laughs> wants them to own Sega. But they love Sega is insane. You want them to own way fucking forward. It one, makes one sense. One game every three years, if you're lucky, and a million I, years. I hope you love Shantae, because we're going to shove that shit down your throat. They could just give them more IPs, though, to work with in-house. Like, this is from last time. What are mm. we doing? And based on the comment section of that episode you lost the debate there sean i lost yeah, nothing. hard nothing you lost hard it was skewed against me just like everything in life is constantly <laughs> against me it is all a conspiracy to take me down but i won't let it okay i'm still here i'm still here jesus and that's gonna wrap up our show for this week um shout outs to our esteemed panel of amazing producers the executive producers achievement john o joshua butts aka the butt man mr job william hoag and of course the sponsor game orb make sure you guys check out his channel gameplay content convention content all sorts of stuff like i said the link is in the description box down below go show him some spawn cast love i'm rgt85 joined always by josie josie say goodbye Bye, everyone. Thanks for voting for me for the debate. Appreciate it. And Nate the Hate. Everyone knows the Dreamcast won. <laughs> Let your love for the Dreamcast be known in the comments section below. Yeah, don't even bother with the Saturn because it'll be so fucking hard <laughs> anyway. They lost source code to all those games. Anyway, it'll never happen. And we will be back um, after the Game Awards. It'll be interesting to see if we have anything to talk about. And uh, if not, we'll make some shit up. All right. Thank you guys for your support. We'll see you next time.